0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets.
1: Corey Johnson, got a favorite video game you like to play?
2: Uh, I'm old school, old school Battle Zone. What does that mean? It's it's, it's the old school. Twister? What does that mean? Scrabble? (laughs) Battlezone. It was one of the great Atari games of yore.
1: Yeah, I have no idea
2: what he's talking about. (laughs) Anyway,
1: we're going to talk about the uh, E3 conference, the big video game conference, coming your way next week, and we'll get a rundown of uh, kind of what to watch out for. We'll do that in just a moment. First up, though, we've got uh, Charlie Pellet. He's got to check on your top business stories. Pong. You were into Pong. Were you not, Charlie?
0: I hate to admit it. The answer is... I'll plead the fifth. Let's get to the markets. Here's what's going on. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all high right now. S&P up three to 2433. That was a gain today of six-tenths of one percent. This update brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network, the broker-dealer RIA that's been putting relationships first since 1979. Find out why the industry's most satisfied advisors are head over heels about them. Visit Commonwealth.com. It was an update today. Stocks halting a two-day slide. Banks rebounded amid a drop in Treasuries. Crude tumbled on rising supplies. West Texas Intermediate now below forty-six dollars a barrel, down just about five percent, down two thirty-eight again at forty-five eighty. Brent down three point four percent, down three point nine percent, I should say, at forty-eight nineteen a barrel. Gold down seven eighty the ounce to twelve eighty-nine, down six tenths of one percent. The ten-year down nine thirty seconds at yield two point one eight percent. S&P up 3 to 24.33, a gain there of two-tenths of one percent. As for the broader picture for U.S. equities, Brian Belsky is chief investment strategist at BMO Capital Markets. He was interviewed on Bloomberg Television.
2: We have reared an entire generation of investors now. All they care about and all they think about is the Fed. We We have to take the cards away from the Fed. We have to start growing like we should be growing with respect to companies. We have to start spending money. We have to start to see sales and earnings go up. And we think, a part of that is some sort of fiscal response. Let's take the cards away from the Fed and the monetary policy and start growing again like we did in the 80s and 90s. And for that to happen, we, we need to see something <laughs> revolutionary. We need to see something strong
0: in leadership for that to occur. And again, a week from today, we will know the outcome of the June Fed meeting. Recapping S&P up three to 2433, up two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellett. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Yes, indeed. Charlie Pellett, thank you so much. Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business News Flash. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. We've got coverage of the Bloomberg Invest New York Conference on Bloomberg Radio. It is brought to you by SEI.
3: This is Bloomberg. Can people play?
2: video game business is about as old as this song. <laughs> some new things going on in the... What? That song is
1: really... I don't know. That's an old one. Uh, and a
2: great one. But, but it is uh, a great uh, one. The video game business itself is going through some things that have never happened before in terms of adoption of games, the success of some consoles, and this new success from Nintendo. All of which will be a subject of conversation at the E3 Conference in uh, and the Expo in Los Angeles. Uh, Matthew Kanton is the Bloomberg Intelligence Video Game Analysts. Uh, and, uh, with a preview of E3, um,
3: this is a big deal. Are you uh, going? I will be there. Cool. Uh, I, I know. It's, deaf. it's work and play. Most it's, of play. It is, <laughs> it is a
2: lot of work. I've been to E3 going all the way back to when they used to have it in Atlanta, but the, the success that video games are having, uh, uh the adoption of, of games and new platforms have been, uh, really remarkable this time around.
3: Yeah, it's, it's really truly remarkable how with the latest generation of consoles enabling game makers to enable digital downloads. You're seeing a massive shift in the, in the financials for all of these game makers. They're, you know, just sh- shifting from a disc sale to a physical, uh, to a digital download adds to the margin. And then you talk about the ability to upsell with in-game content. For example, look at EA, look at FIFA, uh, Ultimate Team across their FIFA, Madden, and NHL modes where you're spending a dollar or so at a time buying player cards is on pace to be a billion-dollar business next year.
1: It changes the margins, right? Changes the math here in the business?
3: There's very little incremental cost on that extra revenue. You're talking 90-plus percent gross margin coming in the door. So you're going from a business that's very hit-driven, very risky, to much more stable, much more – it's not recurring because they still have to spend it, but it's much more recurring-type revenue – So you're de-risking the business tremendously. You're boosting the cash flow across the business and raising the margin profile of all the companies. And the industry overall is just benefiting. What does it cost, though, to develop a game? That can't be cheap. Games now cost, if not more, at least the same as major films. You know, developers are investing lots of money in creating the biggest, best experience they can because they know that, the biggest best games are the ones that generate the most profit because that's where you get the biggest user base and the games that do generate the most in-game content are the biggest online multiplayer games.
2: And it's also interesting, too, the the digital aspect and sort of the recurring revenue that that does exist with some of these games. You've seen some of the big game companies make a big shift uh, towards digital.
3: Yeah, I mean, look at Activision, Blizzard, for example. You know, over half their revenue last year, which includes the King Digital business they bought, was from that in-game content. So forgetting even digital downloads, more than half their business is simply people buying hammers and Candy Crush and buying loot boxes and Overwatch and other games that they have online. It's really tremendous how much the model is shifting. Who's doing all the buying? What's the target audience here? It's, it's really up and down the spectrum, which is crazy. Because if you look at a game like Star Wars Battlefront from EA, that actually resonates very well with people that grew up with Star Wars. So people right. that grew up in the 70s and 80s. Whereas you look at a game like Overwatch, that's much more of the younger generation, particularly in China, but also in in, in the developed world.
1: How many people are playing games on a regular basis?
3: There's over a hundred million monthly active users just on PCs alone, and then Xbox has over fifty million um, monthly active users on Xbox this Live. This is global. Global, and Sony's over sixty, close to seventy now. So, well over two hundred million people globally are playing games now.
2: Uh, VR two is out that's there right. now. We've got uh, Sony out there with a VR platform that's. uh um, you know, Cost-effective. I'll say, you know, plugs into the existing Sony systems out there. What do we expect from the game front in VR?
3: What we've seen in, in VR gaming so far to date is indie developers are making really interesting independent games for it. But you haven't seen a large studio yet go full in and create a full AAA title for VR. And I think it'll be some time until we really get that because the developers at the end of the day have shareholders to report to and they need to ensure they earn a sufficient return on the investment in that platform. And so they're going to continue to release expansions, which EA did for example with Star Wars Battlefront in partnership with Sony, um, you know, to add new modes or levels. But I don't, I think we're still a little bit of ways away from a full VR AAA game for yeah, many I of don't, the studios. I don't
2: think we know what the gameplay is going to be and what's going to work. I, I've got the Sony VR, uh, uh, PlayStation VR in my place, and I, and I um, you know, tried a bunch of different games. And, and the one that really struck me was the uh, the Batman game. The game was terrible, but it had this sort of vignette where you're young Bruce Wayne watching your parents get killed in front of you, a story that I've been reading since I was a little kid. And it was the most disturbing thing ever because it was so realistic.
3: That to me is, is wrong. Yeah, it and was wild. imagine yeah. a game like Doom in VR now, which, which right. has no. come out recently, you know, it, it, it's, they're experimenting with the platform, so It'll be interesting to see what Microsoft does with the Project Scorpio console and all their investments in augmented reality as opposed to virtual reality to see if they can kind of bridge that gap.
1: When is there pushback though against, as Corey said, it's just so real that the video games, um, and violent. And I know that there's already been some criticism. Uh, but when is... Oh, we have to leave it. Oh, Matt, come back. Anytime. <laughs> Matt Canterman, Telecom and Video Game Alice at Bloomberg Intelligence.
2: This is the National News headlines with Bloomberg News anchor Nathan Hagan on NNM1 Studios in Washington, D.C.
4: Corey, a day before fired FBI Director James Comey testifies before the Senate Intelligence Committee about his interactions with President Trump, the panel has posted his opening statement online. In it, Comey will say the president told him he expected loyalty that he asked Comey to lift what he called the cloud of the Russian investigations over him, and Comey will confirm he told President Trump that he personally was not under investigation. Republican Congressman French Hill tells Bloomberg Television it doesn't look as though comey 's going to suggest the president obstructed justice. Well,
2: I think it says clearly that there wasn't really, he didn't overstep the bounds, maybe not ideal the way it happened, but it seemed to confirm that... Uh, Uh, Trump's
4: views of the the operation. Our coverage of former FBI Director Comey's testimony begins after 9.30 tomorrow morning, Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. The president used this day before the Comey hearing to name Comey's replacement at the FBI, Christopher Wray, former head of the Criminal Division of the Justice Department. The surprise choice is drawing bipartisan praise. But Bloomberg News reporter Greg Farrell says running the FBI is a different animal from running a division at DOJ. The FBI has its own unique culture. It's a sprawling organization uh, with, you know, offices uh, pretty much everywhere, you know, hundreds of offices. And, um, Uh, you know, and a whole set of challenges. It's also very much a, you know, be on top of it every day kind of job. And with the Bureau's independence under question, now Farrell says Ray is likely to face tough questions at confirmation. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, this is Bloomberg.